Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slap Box Podcast. This is Josh Albrecht. I'm Shelley Long. <laughs> I thought you died for our sins. No, I did not yet. <laughs> well, this is podcast number 11. 11. And well, I guess today, uh, for the most part, we're going to be talking uh, movies, because that's what we do. Well, I guess we're going to get into uh, a little bit of uh, Tony Scott, right? We're going to talk about Tony Scott. Did something happened to him recently? I... I, I he uh, he bought a new horse. Go swimming Was or something? It? I can't remember. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll figure out what happened to Tony Scott. We're also going to talk about Vice Squad. Mm, another Grindhouse feature. It'll be the second Grindhouse feature for Slapbox. Yes. Yes, it's uh, over at the High Point. High Point in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. If you're familiar with it, head on over there. It's September 7th and 8th. And that's, uh, was that, $6? It's $6. Hey, and you know what else? You can get liquor. You can buy, well, you can buy beer. And you can drink. Not just any beer. Oh, you can get Paps Blue Ribbon. None of that pussy-ass Heineken Heineken. shit. You know, because Heineken's for pussies. But if you remember, uh, $6 admission, 35-millimeter print, the original print of Vice Squad. It's September 7th and 8th. Pre-show starts at 11, film starts at midnight. I don't know about you, but the last one we went to, Suspiria, dude, I was enthralled. As cheesy as it was, I got into it. If you've never seen it before, I guess it's about something, uh, I guess witches. Witches, yeah. Honestly, here's, here's my take on it. I thought, I don't know if this is just like... Well, you know, it's an older movie, seventies. I, I think 60, it is a late sixties, late seventies, early seventies, somewhere Some, in there. Somewhere yeah. in there. I actually, I think, it, I think film. Mark, our uh, correspondent, Mark Ping, I believe he told me it was in the seventies. And I believe but, he said there's a trilogy. Yeah, there's three of them it. altogether. If only he were here tonight. Now, I do like a lot of older horror movies, but what I find when I watch a lot of these older movies like that, and just it seems like they edit the movies, they move real slow. Slow. It's in fact, it almost becomes not horror, but it's it's more of a suspense. Or yeah, there is a killing right at yeah, the beginning. Yeah. There and it was uh, pretty graphic, I guess, that first killing. But then it seemed like it took forever for anybody else to die. It took for forever for me to wake up. It yeah. seems like every time I fell asleep during this movie. <laughs> You're just waiting. And it was a little confusing, but uh, there was a lot of stuff that I guess was really cool, like the, the overall look of things, like the set, the color of things, I I, the uh, cinematography I thought I, was uh, honestly, fairly I, decent. I enjoyed it as a film. Like It's not something I, I'd recommend, I guess, to everybody. You have to be in that mind frame or that mindset you know, to... It's, I mean, it's a grindhouse. If you yeah. all know what a grindhouse movie is, then there you go. I mean, we're comparing it to, I guess, the the most latest would be Quentin Tarantino or Robert Rodriguez's uh, Death Proof or Planet Terror. But, I mean, it's definitely something. It's a cult, it's a cult following. Yeah. It so. has a massive cult following to it, from what I understand. It was the uh, first time I saw it. It was definitely the first time I seen it, and it was also the first time... In a long time where I've seen like a grindhouse presentation where it's kind of raw and gritty and it's on that old 35 millimeter print. And like like we said before, it's six bucks to get into. I mean, what are you losing? I mean, even if it's the worst movie you've ever seen in your life, it's better than paying $14 for. And this, uh, when we went and saw that movie, 
uh, I would also like to mention that was the first time I went to a movie theater since the Colorado shooting. <laughs> so I was a little, uh, you know, I, I wasn't actually afraid that I was going to get shot, but there was a little bit of looking around more at people that there's were around. Definitely, uh, I think, you know, we, we touched on this in the last podcast, but there's definitely a, uh, more of a sense of uh, awareness and, and where you're at. And, and here recently... Like I don't think we get too political or, or too serious on this podcast, but but here recently there's been a lot of what seems like violent or mindless violent crimes involving guns and and stuff like that. So definitely to see that in the theater after what happened in Colorado was weird. It, it was different. I was the, definitely there was a certain individual that I saw walking into. I'm sure you saw the guy too. I know. Yeah, he I know had, exactly who you're he talking had a about. Backpack. <laughs> Which is already kind of paranoia, but uh, he had a backpack, and there was some electronic device uh, about. The, uh, was there an electronic device? Was, I'm guessing we, it was flashing. I, I got red into a debate with Danny about. Get, it, I don't so. know. There was something flashing inside his bag, so you know it's. I kept my eye on him through most of the movie. I got Which I'll, I'll bet that a lot of people <laughs> did just because of, of what happened. He didn't look scary, but I—I I don't know. I, well, he didn't have any orange hair or anything, and I don't think he was calling himself the Joker. I couldn't. Well, really he wasn't—he wasn't wearing a gas mask either. So, well, when uh, the Colorado shooter came in, he did come in. Well, it's definitely not wearing yeah, stuff, yeah. and then he went out. But if you—if that would have been a bomb inside his bag, then he probably wouldn't have bothered to, you know, come he back. Could, he maybe, maybe he maybe. was an Glorious Bastards fan. He's he like, just wanted to take this back inside with you. <laughs> 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 but maybe Hold he was just going to leave it there and then just like, oh, yeah, i got to go to the bathroom and then detonate it. But, yeah, it was – uh, I saw Batman uh, actually the the following night, I guess the following night after opening night. And we were in the middle of the theater. We were nowhere near like the aisle or any type of escape route <laughs> if that had – if need be, I guess. But, yeah, every time somebody new walked into the theater, we definitely had that look and – and during the same as uh, Suspiria, I, I mean, and, you know, I haven't seen a movie in that format in a while either. It was almost like a, a propaganda film. You know, it, <laughs> it definitely wasn't stadium seating. It seemed easy access. So yeah, I was a little, especially about the guy you're talking about. I, maybe I got a little nervous, a little apprehensive. It was it was different. It wasn't like I didn't feel really seriously scared, exactly, but it was like yeah. a little bit like, eh, you know. I, I like, did notice what is, it. What is this guy doing? I do often do a lot of people watching anyway, but it seemed... Well, you know, I'm a, a watcher. I'm, I'm a voyeur. I like to see what people are going to do and then react to that situation. So I also like getting reactions out of people by fucking well, with yeah. them. You, know? yeah. well, the you last... like to follow your fellow employees with fans? Yeah. <laughs> well, the last time I fucked a chick in the ass, it was the same thing. I was like, is she... You know, I gotta, I'm is gonna, she going to smack me? Is she gonna, yeah. Is she going to punch me? Is she going to cut my balls off? It, it, none of that happened. Is she going to go to the emergency room because she can't stop coming? No, she went to the emergency room because I punched her. But oh shit, <laughs> donkey punch, huh? Yeah, <laughs> nothing like promoting violence against women. That's great. But um, and just to let everybody know, we're actually uh, a lot of times here. We have a guest, and we kind of get lost in that in that guest. But it, uh, it's just it's just myself and, and Josh tonight. And Tony Scott actually is is with us in a way. We're watching True Romance, which I guess arguably is his best movie. And if you're familiar with Tony Scott, 
then you know that he he recently passed away um, by virtue of a suicide. So a lot of people feel differently about suicide. I think that he was just done. And there is uh, a lot of rumors going around that he was. Uh had perhaps cancer and stuff. Now the family's come out and denied that. Deni- the family has denied it, but uh, I've heard the doctors haven't. But either way, I, I, like I said, uh, I assume maybe, he, I mean, he maybe must Anthony have had some- Tony was <laughs> was done with with this realm, and I really didn't know a lot about him. Well, we had an uncle that did the same a same, couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, so maybe. To me, it's an example of, I think a lot of people think that once you reach a certain type of uh, fame or celebrity in this country, that everything else is... Just works itself out. out. Yeah. There's no problems. Yeah, and, and this is, to me, a clear example of uh, that it doesn't. You know, it's human problems, and it has very little to do with fame or money. Granted, you know, uh, some people have make more money, and, and a lot of people uh, equate that to a happier life, but... I, uh, growing up without money, um, I think I've definitely realized that there is no value to a dollar, <laughs> the dollar, the economy, or whatever. I don't like. I said we don't get too political on the show, but to me, it, in my life, it's definitely been made up. It's it's been a it's it's not factual. Yeah. So and when stuff like this happens, when when we look at a guy like Tony Scott, who's made uh, movies like True Romance and 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 Top Gun that have that have probably grossed more than we'll ever see in our life to take his own life. I think it's definitely uh it's a human world. It doesn't matter what fame or, or anything else brings you. So, and that, that's, that's my take on it. I don't know uh, how you feel, but I definitely think we all share the same problems. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about like feeling that uh, I have no idea. I don't know Tony Scott. I don't exactly. know anything yeah. about him. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, suicide is a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> it's like, well, I think that's what I was kind of getting at is the human aspect or the human part of us. I think it all, at one point, we've all thought about like suicide or something along those means where we want to know what comes next yeah. or, or something like that. And maybe that's what, what Tony Scott was thinking that night, or maybe he did have some type of cancer and it, it was unbeatable. But most people, in, in in my experience, have never experienced that. They've never gone to that level. In fact, most people I know that died were elderly or drug addicts. So, and I and I don't think he was either one. I don't think he was elderly or a drug addict, which does make it kind of weird. And I'm sure he could afford healthcare. <laughs> yeah, like he was part of SAG, and I a lot of you know, if you don't know what that is, that's a Screen Actors Guild, which provides you with a Health I get insurance that often confused with uh, Team America World Police. They had the fag. film actors <laughs> guild. <laughs> so when a guy that we think uh, is above us or smarter than us, I think fame does that a lot where we kind of put people on a pedestal. Um, and not a lot of people, I guess, know who Tony Scott is. And if you told them, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I've yeah, seen Top yeah, Gun. Yeah. Or, yeah. But if we Last said uh, Madonna just took her life, then we'd get a bigger reaction. But it's the same to me, like where fame has sort of overcome this person. Now, granted, you know, he was uh, 68 years old when he died, Tony Scott. But if you remember, 
just back a few years, another director took his own life and probably another one before that. So famous people do it all the time. So what we perceive as famous. Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson, yes. Uh, you know, many people, many famous or people, infamous, whatever you want to call yeah. it, have done this with or without the knowledge of taking their own life, like Jim Morrison or uh, an example that's kind of outside the realm of like John Lennon that was, you know, murdered, stricken down before his time, which is kind of the way I feel about Tony Scott. Like whatever was going on in his head, it was definitely too early for him to go. Yeah. Well, you look at directors too. It's not like with, well, even actors, I mean, they can perform and do stuff at an older age. There's still roles, granted a lot less roles. When you're well, older. yeah. yeah. But for a director, I mean, you can work, Look at Clint Eastwood. He's what pushing ninety. Ninety, yeah. And he's still he's still making great films. He's and still doing that art. Yeah. Which, that like like I said, that's that's the mystery behind when stuff like this happens when people take their own lives. And I guess we could go back a couple of years to something is something or I guess something like uh, uh, Carradine, which I know he didn't take his own life, but you know it it's. It's comical the way he went, but at the same time, you know, we it, at one point we're putting this guy on a pedestal just because he's famous, and yeah. then we find out that he dies of, you know, masturbation, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and who among us hasn't masturbated? Although I got to admit, I haven't tried to strangle myself oh, while doing it. It's fixation. Yeah, and which I hear is a thing that mainly drug addicts tend to do. I don't tend know. to do. Yeah. I, well, I mean, not that. I, I don't want to say that I'm a drug addict. I, I'll definitely say that I'm an addict. Um, it's nothing I've ever tried to do. Nothing <laughs> yeah. I've ever gotten into. I don't know what drugs you have to be addicted yeah, to. I, I don't know. I've heard like heroin addicts tend yeah. to do that a lot. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what how drugs would. Yeah, get exactly. You to do that. Exactly. That doesn't Being, really make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. To me, it's always like drugs have come down to common sense, and I'd like to think I have a lot more common sense than people that get addicted to drugs. Like I've tried everything, but and like, even now as the older I get the clip, you've tried Jankum. Well, I haven't tried Jankum, <laughs> but the Which, cl- I don't think we, did we ever get, no, I don't, I don't think, think we have gotten into a big conversation. I don't know if we should, but I was going to say the closer I get to 40, like I'm 35, like I just turned 35, but the closer I get to that 40 mark, like the less I'm doing of, like you know what I mean? Like maybe I'm a late bloomer, whatever you want to call it, but I'm I'm pushing away like more and more from that reality, like that drug reality, yeah. to where I'm like, I just want to get the dishes done. Like I'm tired of these <laughs> dirty dishes sitting on this fucking counter. <laughs> like yeah. I, I gotta walk the dog, so I guess I can't get high right now. And like my reality is becoming more and more of an adult. And like I said, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, well, it's about fucking time, you know. <laughs> but that's that's becoming my reality is like I love me more than, you know, the vices that yeah. I've been doing for such a long time. So and, you know, I guess I guess that is a positive thing. But then, you know, like Tony Scott, I'm like, you know, did he realize that? Is that what? Like, was he just that done with life? Was he like, I can't make Top Gun 2 anymore. This is, <laughs> like, I got to get out of this. <laughs> so it, it makes me wonder. 
And it, it really makes a lot of people wonder when somebody. I'm that, thinking it's way more complicated. Oh, I'm than we sure. We probably think we. I'm sure know nothing about his personal yeah. life. I mean, I knew I didn't even realize until after he died a lot of the stuff that he was involved in, like how many movies he's produced. Exactly. Like, I mean, I knew a lot of the movies he had directed. Like without. Him and Spike Lee, like Denzel Washington, wouldn't have a fucking career. <laughs> <laughs> Especially later on, because Spike Lee just doesn't make a whole lot of movies anymore. <laughs> anymore. And I can't, when was the last time he made a movie with Denzel Washington? Washington. It's been a while. But yeah, like, but if you look at the first half of Denzel, Washington, Denzel Washington's career, Spike Lee. Second half, Tony Scott. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what's Denzel going to do? Maybe He's Ridley fucked. will hook him up. He's fucked, yeah. Maybe Ridley will put him in the uh, next Prometheus. So. I imagine Denzel's probably saved a little bit of money. You know, I'm thinking he's been. But I've been uh, rifling through different directors, and like I've never thought about Tony Scott in this aspect before. And like people are gonna be like, these guys are faggots. You know, they want to fuck Tony Scott. Wait, hold on. I got a got a little bit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck is it? Where is it? Oh Pull shit. It up. Where's uh, our sound guy? Where's yeah, our yeah? God damn it! Where's our producer? <laughs> Sir, damn it, Baba oh. Bowie! <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think, put a I lawsuit. Whole... Oh, what the hell? Oh, great! Our, not... our sound guy just fucked up. Oh shit! Up, up! Potted it down. That would be why. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna pretend like I actually uh, know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Anyway, hey, we got headphones and a microphone in this yeah, fucker. Uh, Let's just go ahead. Of course, you only want to fuck her in the ass because that pussy just won't be tight enough for you anymore. Good point, detective. Right? Fucking faggot. (laughs) (laughs) That was a little clip from True Romance. Romance. Which, uh, just in the past couple days, I'm, which I've always thought, but now I'm reading more and more that it's Tony Scott's uh, masterpiece. Yeah. Which, like like Josh was saying just a second ago, um, you know, I forgot that he did like the last Boy Scout, which I guess you know wasn't critically acclaimed, but we loved it. I kind of I mean, grew up was, on that movie. Like, uh, Mid nineties. So you slipped and your dick fell in my wife, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know that was the time that we were kind of coming into our own and growing up was in the nineties, and you know those are the movies that we watched. If we weren't watching that, we we're watching uh, some type of Van Damme movie. Oh or yeah, Double Impact. impact. <laughs> Fuck yes, Lionheart. Oh, I guess Tony Scott almost shaped my childhood in a way. Just, you know, Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Even if you hate it, I mean, he made Days of Thunder. Like, who doesn't remember Days of Thunder? Good fucking movie. Fucking Great fucking movie. There you go. I mean, (laughs) fuck. It's like like I'm an actual producer now. I've got sound (laughs) clips. Look out. We actually did some show prep today. I know. we're, We're getting ready. Yeah, for like some event that's never going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to jerk each other <laughs> so, off. I'm not really sure what's going on. We're going to jerk each other off live next September. That's going to be on the premium services <laughs> where you have to pay two cents to take part yeah, of that. Two bits. I'm sure a lot of people are going to jump all over that. I'm oh, who the fuck over. is Dick? <laughs> <laughs> I cut up a lot of uh, audio from True Romance earlier. We That's, were working yeah. on uh, what was the other? Word? We we're trying to work on pump up the volume. Yeah, yeah. That. But uh, the stuff I was finding, like I need to actually. Uh, I know. Yeah. Well. Get some better stuff. I had that. I had actually ripped this from the DVD of True Romance, which I don't have. Pump up the volume on DVD. I'm sad because I'm such a huge Christian Slater fan from the early '90s. 90s. Remember Cuffs? Oh, Cuffs! Come on. 
Do you remember what the first movie you saw in the theater was? Oh, shit. I couldn't tell you. I, tell me. I, I only hear stories. That's why I remember. Yeah. The first movie I guess I saw was E.T. Yeah. And apparently. Didn't you cry? Uh, well, like I was going to say, apparently, when the government took E.T., like, I thought the movie was like, like E.T.'s real. He is. And I cried. <laughs> like, ball. I'm just waiting for you to say, <laughs> in a world. In a world. In a world where E.T. was real. Yeah, I cried like a little I baby. I cried. But. I don't remember that much. I remember my second movie that I saw in the theater, and uh, my dad took me to see Indiana Jones 2. Oh, you know what? Uh, September. In September, I, I think I texted oh, you this. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just for the month of September. In uh, IMAX theaters, they're uh, playing uh, Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark. Ark. And from what uh, Steven Spielberg has said, that they didn't they didn't do it like what Star Wars did, where they put in all this extra shit and fucked with everything. It, the only thing they did was like... Uh, Indiana. Yeah, they, <laughs> they made better sound, I believe. They uh, tried to the do the sound better. Yeah. But uh, I'd love to see that. I, uh, I think the only Indiana Jones movie... Well, I did see the Crystal Skulls one, the last one that came out in the theater. But before that, I think the only ones of the first three, I think I only saw The Last Crusade. In the theaters. I might have seen Temple of Doom, but I don't think I saw that until it came out on uh, VHS. Or maybe it was even Betamax. I don't even fucking remember. I know we had the old school Betamax players where it loaded in from the top and from all that the shit. Top. Do you remember that remote? It had a cord? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> it had uh, Yeah, it had a cord. And I, I don't think... I'm trying to remember what it had. I don't think it had... It had fast forward, not rewind. So it was play. So what the fuck do you do forward. when you get? Do you have to get to the complete end of the tape? Before tape. You can, yeah. 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 I I don't remember a whole lot about Betamax. But I remember uh, were the tapes smaller. Yeah, they were That's smaller. Why I they were smaller. Yeah, they were smaller. And I remember, like, I I tried it in that house on Fifth Street. Like, I tried to like walk across the living room, and Dad would like pull up <laughs> the cord to the remote and trip me and all that shit. Yeah. Great guy. It was like a 10-foot fucking cord. So they knew that some lazy cocksucker was going to be like 12 <laughs> feet from the TV. <laughs> Back to uh, True Romance. That movie, fucking great. Love that well, movie. I guess I'm- it's almost like a time machine in a way. Because if you were almost on the cusp of, like, if you were born before a certain date, like, there's no way you're going to remember fucking, what was it? I was reading the other day. They, had that, they put that list out. Like the seventy, there's like seventy five things on that list. Of, that uh, if you're born in 1994, yeah, or they whatever. do that every year. Yeah, that you you're not gonna. But this one was really significant to me because, like, we're one of the old. well, I, yeah, <laughs> like I am getting old. But one of the first things on the list was if you were born before this date, then you like a royale with cheese, like has no <laughs> significance on you. Like, what are you talking about? Like. Get they medieval have, on his ass? They or? have no, like, awareness of Pulp Fiction. They think, you know, that uh, Bill Clinton is a statesman. They don't remember him as a president. <laughs> like, that guy was a president? You mean Hillary Clinton's husband? <laughs> husband, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole Royale with cheese just goes over their head. And it makes me feel like I'm 105 years old. So. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I don't have to tell you there. But uh, back to True Romance... I mean, there's so many great fucking people in that movie. 
and you look at that that whole cast. Well, great first, performances. First of all, him, like uh, you know, Tarantino wrote it. So then uh, he was wasn't that his first screenplay? He actually wrote. I'm, I'm pretty sure you. I know it's the first one. Google he sold, it or whatever the sure fuck you want to do and, and call us out on it. But but he, I believe he was still working in the video store when he wrote that. Because yeah, he did the whole video store scam that a lot of directors did there, where they'd uh, apply for credit under the video store name. <laughs> I didn't know that part yeah. of it, but I knew he yeah. worked in a video store, and that was he watched a shit ton of movies. And that was kind of his uh, film school. Yeah, well, I guess back then uh, it was a lot easier to do this. I get, you know, you can't do it anymore. But like these uh, credit card companies or whatever would call it the video store, and Quentin Tarantino would just say he's the manager, like he's the yeah. owner or whatever, and then rack up a bunch of credit. And, and basically, that's how he paid for a lot of these early uh, projects that he did. And a lot of directors like Kevin Smith. Silent Bob, whatever you want to call him, did the same thing. <laughs> Just maxed out credit cards under like false names and identity. Well, I know a lot of people have taken out many credit cards to do that stuff. But I, what always... ki- I was going to say what kills me is the most fictitious story is the Robert Rodriguez. And if you actually do a little research on this, a lot of times you hear that he made uh, $2,700 for a uh, smoking pod and getting paid kind of government research grant. And if you do a little bit of research on this, you'll find out that that's not the case at all is that a Mexican, uh, basically a Mexican film producer put up the money, which the movie bombed. Yeah. Uh, El Mariachi. El Mariachi. Yeah. Bombed completely. And he actually, he put up money from the uh, smoke pot get paid but it it was it was not anywhere near twenty seven hundred dollars yeah well i know with him like his early films like he well he still does a lot of his own editing and like he's the one man film crew yeah a lot of ways but uh hell he does even the score and shit but uh he would always like write things to like what he had access to that like cars that kind of things like uh places to shoot he would take that into context whenever he would write a story and write stuff around that so he wouldn't have to have some crazy budget and all that <laughs> shit <laughs> he always seemed to uh hire the right people too you know like uh, it's almost desperado was desperation for a lot of uh, the actors that were in it uh it i think him and tarantino have an uncanny ability of finding people in their most like distraught down fucking (laughs) like, Oh, you're on the ropes. So let's put you in a movie. Well, true romance going back to that. I mean, there was, it it was Tarantino wasn't involved so much with that. It was like Tony Scott was the director of that. Tarantino wrote it, which, uh, he sold that movie. Got, I think 35 grand for it. Not much, but yeah. And then he made reservoir dogs with it. But going back to that, uh, the cast in that movie, I mean, you got so many, People, well, Christian Slater was pretty big at that time. That was probably yeah. about the biggest he ever got. I guess was like early nineties when Cubs. Well, I was looking earlier. Yeah, he he actually did three movies, like a, an arc of three movies right there, where he did Cuffs, uh, True Romance, and Mobsters. Mobsters, I don't remember that one so well. But uh, not a good movie. And uh, I guess it was it eighty nine, maybe early ninety. He did the Heather's. 
I guess uh, that was yeah, that was one of his first ones. I think. Yeah, that's that a double was, check, but yeah. But uh, but Christian Slater, I get, I guess at that time he was probably the biggest star in there. Was Gary Oldman? I mean, Gary Oldman. I don't think a lot of people stuff, knew who Gary yeah. Oldman was. Like, I think Dracula. Did the professional come out before that? No, I think professional was after. Was it after? But I think Dracula came out right around that same time. So maybe yeah. he was like on the cusp of being an A list. But then you, you look past well Dennis Hop well Dennis Hopper's his career is kind of like he's big it's up and down yeah he's in these apocalypse now then he's in Texas Chainsaw Massacre two <laughs> was he I was trying to remember earlier was he in uh, uh, Easy Rider was that Dennis Hopper yeah yeah okay, he was in okay. Easy Rider all right but uh, yeah he yeah that was early on oh that was for his way career, early, you yeah. know and that was a big movie but then he'd make a bunch of weird shitty movies he had such an up and down career. But uh, obviously, I guess Dennis Hopper would be like possibly the biggest person in there, and obviously, he's definitely the. I guess he'd be the draw. Like if you were talking about actors right now, yeah. he's the draw. Like or Christopher Walken, maybe. But yeah, that scene, that scene is fucking great. I guess I'll play a little clip from that from the scene <laughs> uh, from uh, Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper, the famous scene here. I read a lot, especially about things about history. I find that shit fascinating. Here's a fact. I don't know whether you know or not. Well, Sicilians were spawned by niggas. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be great. I don't think he said man one I, time in yeah. there, did he? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was a whole speech about uh, the Moors conquering Sicily. <laughs> Very and famous speech. It, it's it's a pretty beautiful scene, and uh, up until tonight, I, I kind of forgot what what type of scene that is. And I uh, I pulled up the Wikipedia on Tony Scott, and I was kind of looking to see what films gross the most, and and uh, I was kind of surprised to see this one was actually a flop. It didn't even make what it, I think they spent. Uh, I think you said 13 million? 13 million 13 or 14 13 million to make and it, it didn't even like 12 you know, 12 is what it got in the box office but i guess it's definitely become a cult classic but what i guess when most people think of tony scott they're gonna remember top gun you know i guess that's the the hit for him right there yeah but i i, I personally i think that true romance is probably his movie where he kind of he he makes a movie. He doesn't follow the formula that he kind of follows with the action movies that he's yeah. known for. Denzel Washington is not in it. And <laughs> like I'm, you know, I'm sitting here right now on this podcast, you know, talking with my brother, and we don't share uh, the same, you know, a lot of the same views. We share some of the same views, but I look at uh, Tony Scott and his brother Ridley Scott, who directed Aliens and. And Prometheus, Prometheus and Gladiator and a ton of other movies. Delma and Louise. I didn't uh, <laughs> realize that until we were looking it up earlier. Like, and that Delman was up Louise. for an Oscar. Isn't that, that's yeah. crazy. But uh, Another one with Brad Pitt. He was also in True Romance. I guess when I looked it up, I was reminded that you can be worlds apart and, and still come together, I guess. Because their movies are so different. I, I think their their view on the world was a lot different. And it... It uh, kind of reminded me that uh, my brother, uh, myself and my brother, I guess, are the same way. I don't think we share a lot of the same views, but we do we at do, the same time. Yeah, We grew up in the same household. household. Yeah. So it's definitely, 
it's definitely weird to know that uh, these guys that that shared the same profession, they made movies, they were nominated for Oscars and, and different accolades and awards, were worlds apart. I mean, yeah. just so different from each other. They helped out, too. Like, uh, yeah. all, pretty much every Ridley Scott movie, Tony Scott produced. And, uh, well, they had their own production company. Company, well, yeah. still but, do, I guess. But I guess, looking at that, uh, it, it just reminds me that at one point, that uh, me and Josh didn't get along, and 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 we shared uh, a lot of feuds and went back and forth on probably jealousy and and who you know you you probably name whatever symptom that that comes up when you're a kid and you have a stepdad, real dad, or yeah, baby mama situation, and you were the sex trophy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you were always the bad son. Son. I was I was definitely uh I don't want to say cast aside or black sheep, but I can't think of anything else to kind of compare it to. But then when I look at guys like the Cohen brothers or and now I think I think it's safe to say the Scott brothers, um you know, I have to think that at one point in their life they they beat the shit out of each other <laughs> and called each other names and everything else, but and, and there's a lot of them out there. There's, you know, yeah. the Ferrelli brothers, the Warshatsky brothers. Or and, you could look at uh, Oasis. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, they, they're still fighting each they're other. They're still fighting each other, but they're, they're playing live, damn it. Well, I don't, are they? Yeah, they together? are. They just played the Olympics. Oh. They played huh. the closing ceremonies after Avril Lavigne. Did they get into a fist fight during it? No, but oh. they look. You like, know, Avril Lavigne's marrying Chad Kroger. Oh, I know. Back. Yeah. It's like, let's <laughs> trade, let's trade husbands. <laughs> but no, like like I was saying, I I look back at that and and it's not so vivid as it used to be. Like I think I could look back at that and and apologize for a lot of the things I did, and and, and I have. But then, uh, if you're familiar with Louis C.K. and if you just seen an episode, uh, two episodes ago, where he kind of apologizes to Mark Maron. That whole episode, if you're familiar with it, if you're not, then go fuck yourself. But then you need to watch <laughs> I, better. I didn't see it. You need to watch better television. You fucking asshole. <laughs> but no, I it reminded me. Up right now. It reminded me that uh, simplicity is the key. And I look back at the like at the complex stuff that me and my brother have been through, and neither one of us have directed a movie, but we've been through that same yeah. turmoil. That uh, I'd like to think that uh, maybe all is forgiven at some point, or family's family. Yeah, I guess as much as they drive you crazy and you disagree and you argue that that in the end that well, I think we could have jumped you, off a bridge uh, and and disappointed a, a lot of different people. Yeah, anytime you uh, spend any kind of relationship with anybody, as far as you're in the same house like when you're around each other for any very long extended period <laughs> that, of time that extended period of time kills you <laughs> yeah you're you're gonna i don't think you can be with somebody for a really long time and not pick things apart and find things that you get just fucking sick of in oh, that yeah. person. and and in in our defense if there's somebody out there that that grew up ozzy and harriet 
Well, in our defense, we didn't. You know, we grew up in in a in a troubled family. We grew up in a, a troubled past. Like our parents, and maybe my mom has let it go. Maybe she hasn't. And maybe if my uh, dad was still alive, maybe he'd let it go. Maybe he hasn't. But we definitely grew up with baggage. And I think that most dysfunctional families, that's what it comes down to, is baggage that that hasn't been dealt with. Like yeah. our dad definitely had unresolved baggage. And yeah, it has it. nothing to do with uh, Josh or myself. And maybe this has come up on, on the podcast before, but he's my stepdad, but ultimately he was my father. Like this is the guy that I grew up with since I was two yeah. years old, and he's been gone a long time. But uh, what I will say is that I don't think me and my brother have ever been closer since he's been like the moment that he he vanished or disappeared from our lives. I think that's the moment that we decided that you know what, regardless if we're step or half or whatever this label yeah. is, like we're gonna we're gonna be friends, we're gonna be brothers, we're gonna pull ourselves through this and we're going to pull our mom hopefully try and you know come out on the other side a better person which is the befuddling part of suicides like tony scott and i know this is kind of off topic but earlier i was talking about this with leslie and we kind of got into the whole subject of the lee family like the curse upon bruce Bruce Lee lee and and brandon lee and and their uh, their grandfather, his father, whatever. But when I see a guy like Tony Scott, which we perceive as a person that's above us and that doesn't have these problems, do this kind of thing. Yeah. Like I said before, it, it makes us all human. And I think that it's time that we reflect upon, not to sound religious, but <laughs> forgiveness in the human race. I don't like to dwell upon the fact, I don't think suicide's wrong. Like, if you want to leave this plane of existence, then yeah. more power to you. If you if you can't wait to find out what's next, I don't think you should be uh, blamed for that. But, you know, most people are going to be like, oh, my God, you know, this yeah, guy had well, it. <laughs> but as long as there's not people that rely on you. It, yeah, that, yeah. You know, obviously he had two kids, and they're both very young. I think they're twins. Twins, yeah. And a wife. I mean... That that's gonna fuck them up hardcore, but but uh, I guess I, I was I guess my point was is is that regard like like we got fucked up hardcore and our dad never offed himself like <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sure there was moments where we were probably thinking like he should probably just kill himself. <laughs> I didn't think of that while he was around. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 I mean, now, like, but um. Well, he kind of did. He did he in a lot did. of ways. I mean, he let himself go. He just go, really didn't yeah. give a shit. But that's, I guess, is my point. Is, is I, I, like, fame right now is like, is like the most like sought after thing. Like, you can just be famous for being famous, and this guy actually brought something to the table. Like, I think he did. Yeah. I don't think that Snooky brings, you know, anything to the table. <laughs> really? You don't think so? I don't think so. Fist pumping isn't something you can bring to the table. I, I, <laughs> I'm not an advocate of 
like I hate to say this, but I'm not an advocate of school or like higher education, you know, justification is for higher education and I'm not an advocate of that. Like to me, like at this point in time, like street smarts gets you just as far as someone who graduates from Harvard yeah. in a lot of ways. So well, there's a lot of ways you can gain information. Exactly. I guess that's what I'm kind of getting at is like, like if I gain it through th- by one means, does that make me smarter than the person that gained it through, you know, a different set of means yeah, that has a piece of paper that says, yeah, yeah, I don't have that piece of paper. So I guess that's easier for me to say I didn't grow up with money either. So the value of a dollar to me is like worthless. Like I'm just going to sp- like, if I have money, I'm going to spend it <laughs> like, here's some money. Oh, I'm going to go fucking buy something. Yeah. But like our Christmases, you know, for lack of a better term, were welfare Christmases, you know, growing yeah, up. Yeah, we had at least one Christmas where we had uh gotten uh gifts from uh well I don't know what charity it was, but there was a charity like after dad had been the, laid off for a while. That was the the Catholic charity. Was actually. it Catholic yeah. charities that got yeah. us gifts and I, I remember not liking that and I remember not liking the fact that like I thought there was a lot of times I bugged mom and was just a dick. It was a kid <laughs> about like wanting like you know fucking <clears throat> Nintendo games, whatever it be, a power glove, and there was just fucking I was a little dick. But uh, <laughs> um, I remember feeling really bad about that, and I because we it wasn't like we were little kids at this point in time. No, I mean we like, were. We were. You were a teenager. I don't think I was quite a teenager yet. I think we were definitely resentful. But uh, it was just like. To the point where, you know, we can't, we didn't, it felt bad for taking it because we, I didn't feel that we were in that position to where we needed to take charity from that. So, you know, yeah. it was just like, well, to me growing up a lot of times, I felt like charity was almost forced upon us because of bad decisions. Yeah. Like if it just seems like that a lot of our, I think it would have been better just to like, you know, Hey, you know, we're not going to be able to get you much of this. Exactly. Year or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember getting like oh, there was a fucking Raiders sweatshirt and stuff, you know. Not like I was you back then. I wasn't really that much into football. Like I'd catch a Super Bowl or whatever, but then I didn't really have a team I rooted for back then. Yeah. But then I was just like I'm wearing, and it was weird. It was like I'm wearing somebody else's clothes and stuff, and you know, it was just and my to be honest, the friends at school, <laughs> I was the poor kid. I was fucking Kenny. <laughs> Well, you know, we knew I, what food stamps were. When I stuff. first not started, that we, not that we were ever had it really that bad. bad. We always had food. We always had. Well, clothes. I mean, we're here. Yeah, <laughs> we like when but we I, say you know we had pro- you know we really didn't have it that well, bad. Fuck, you know, Americans. the majority <laughs> the majority of my adolescent life was hand me downs from a cousin. Yeah, and it was like you're going to get this, you're going to get this, you know. But you know, at the time, you know, I don't know any better. So to me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now, but I guess, you know, when I look back at being in high school, things are always, you know, the grass is always greener and that kind of stuff. But if, if I really look at being in in high school, like I was in the middle, like I got along with everybody. Like I got along with the losers. I got along with the nerds. I got along with the jocks and granted, you know, dad made me sell weed in high school, but. (laughs) Oh, he made you, huh? That's, that's great. (laughs) He preferred that, you know, I got rid of some of this stuff. But in in uh when I was in high school, like that 
that's what you know that's what defined me is like like the jocks are going to come to me for weed these guys are going to come to me for weed so i learned very that's early that's why i never had much of friends well i was going to say i learned very early <laughs> on that friends were basically bought you know like you could buy pretty much anything you wanted but what i didn't really get is the product that i was that i had on hand like sold itself like, it had yeah, nothing to yeah. do with me. Like, uh, that Chris Rock saying, crack, you don't sell, crack, crack, crack sells yeah. itself. So, <laughs> like, I was under a complete, you know, fabrication. Like, these guys like me. Yeah. No. Yeah. They, you know. Let's keep doing this. This, yeah. It, that makes me think of Pineapple Express, the James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, that was my mornings a lot of times, was dad would, would give me, you know, uh, broken up. You know, pre-weighed portions of weed, and you know you're going to go to high school, and a lot of people that uh, I associated with after I left high school was because of that, because you know I was like, well, you know, I'm going to say some weed, and I, I don't, I don't like to uh, step into the middle of people the way people raise their kids, you know, to me, it's really generally their own business. I will say that like being beat for bad grades or being beat for missing a curfew never worked on me. No. So it seemed to make you rebel more, more like I always and thought then the only thing that taught me is that you shouldn't get caught. Not caught, that I ever yeah. did a lot. I did some vandalizing and stuff, but I always made sure that I didn't get caught. <laughs> That was the that was the whole idea that was put into my head. What what it only what the only thing that got across to me at that time was that rebellion was like, hey, this is the way to go. Like I'm gonna get beat, you know, either way. Yeah. So if I do mediocre in school, I'm gonna get beat. If I come home three minutes late, you know, I'm gonna get my ass whooped. So to me, it was like it, the difference was negligible. Like three minutes, twenty four hours. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was never one to like uh, do drugs, or especially like in high school or whatever. But uh, I never wanted to even really try pot. Not that that's a real hardcore drug or anything, but obviously it's illegal. But uh, dad accused me of doing drugs, and I didn't do shit. Oh, yeah, I was fucking yeah. clean. And I was messing around, and I, for whatever reason, I recall this very clearly. I just happened to smell. I didn't huff. I happened to smell lighter fluid just to, I just messed around out on this deck, and we had a barbecue pit there, and, and I smelled it. I didn't even put it that close to my nose or anything. He saw me do this, and he chewed me out. He's like, I know you're huffing. I know you and I'm like, like, no, I'm not huffing. I'm like, what? And I'm just like... Uh, well, yeah, I was going to say, apparently I was shooting up for like yeah, three years. Yeah, but so. he's accusing me of this. And I was like, how... Okay, um, I'm not. How How are you so certain that I am? And he's like, because I did it. And then because I was getting accused of doing drugs, it was just like when I had the opportunity to smoke pot, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm getting in trouble for it anyway, and I'm not doing it. Might as well just... <laughs> Fucking do it. So then I, not that I was ever, I could really give a shit less about pot or smoking anything, smoking cigarettes, you know, yeah. crack or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I did it a few times, like not too long after that. It was just like, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> like, and that's always really no kind point. of the way that, that I felt about it. I was always 
accused or blamed of doing something that I wasn't doing. And, and what was actually funny about that is eventually it just became like, okay, like we know that we smoke pot. So let's just, you know, I'm going to get some pot out. We'll just fucking smoke it together. And it almost became like a ritual with me and dad near the end before he left. And that was our common ground. Like we're going to smoke pot together. And, and I remember one night, like I was almost in my infancy in a lot of ways of, of getting high. And I got so baked that all I could do was like giggle and I'm laying on the couch. And this was when Matt was uh, staying there. Our uh, uncle Matt. Our, our uncle Matt. Yeah. Who, uh, well, the Tony was, Scott, much really. like Tony he, Scott, yeah. He jumped, I believe he jumped off a parking garage uh, not too far from Bush Stadium. Stadium, if yeah. I understand that correctly, yeah. but uh, anyway. Well, so, so anyway, uh, I'm really high, and 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 Dad's got me, you know, thoroughly high, thoroughly baked, and anything that happens, I'm I just giggle, you know, I'm uncontrollable hysteria. And our Uncle Matt is sitting there, and he's like, are you okay, man? You just fucking you just won't stop <laughs> laughing, you know? And, he's, and Matt is trying to tell me the serious story about his girlfriend at the time. And Was she already dead? No, no, she wasn't, but things weren't going good. And, and This is Angie, right? Yeah, and he's trying to tell me all about this. But I just keep giggling because I'm, like, in this haze, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm so baked, and everything that he says is funny. And I've gotten that way of getting really drunk off vodka and i remember trying to calm down and and I, I just couldn't do it and and that was actually um one of the last times i'd actually like talked to matt but i remember like the next day <laughs> dad was so pissed off he's like you smoked you know we're like matt told me that you were freaking out and i was like i'm just you know, i don't know dude i'm just high and and that was actually the last time that me and Dad smoked together. He made such a production out of it afterwards. Yeah. That, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, you know, it it amazes me that I got to that level with Dad, and it, it was just so short-lived. Like, to yeah. me, that I guess when I was a little kid, like, we were on some bonding level, but, you know, it was so far, it's so far removed that I can't, really remember much of it yeah but that as cheesy as it is you know those nights staying up late and and smoking pot was that was my moment like those are the the times that we didn't argue and for as cheesy as a lot of well for as cheesy as as i thought his music was it was one of the few times we actually sat down and and would listen to it together and kind of give each other a it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. But, you know, he made it until he died. You know what I'm saying? He didn't take any easy way out, as most people think suicide is. I've never really bought into that theory. Well, but out of life, but he did. He was known oh, to, like, leave families oh, yeah. and just Yo, completely well, yeah, just, break off ties. I just meant, you know, life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, the one could... <laughs> well, argue. I think that he had a he definitely had a different definition of of uh, of life and and where it should go. I think he was always confused about that, and 
And, you know, two great examples is that he left a a family in California and then he left a family in Missouri. But I think to him... He would completely cut ties. Ties, yeah. I think to him uh, that was easier. Yeah, than dealing with things. Yeah. But... I uh, I'd hate to think that I didn't learn anything from him because I was, you know, with him for so long. And the things I did learn from him, I haven't used in a long time. I will say that they're yeah. definitely they're in the rear view, you know. <laughs> like, and whether or not you know he was great at everything, you know, I often say he was a prick yeah. a lot of the times. But you know, he was there. Yeah, <laughs> I was fifteen, I believe, at the time he left. But, you know, I have a brother that from uh, he had a previous marriage out in California. And uh, I guess that would make him your stepbrother. Yeah. I don't know how that works. But uh, he was still an infant when dad left. And, you know, he, good, bad or otherwise, he never had a father. Yeah. And, well, uh, you know, w- there is moments, you know, that were good. Good. With and, them. Well, there, well, what I always think when I when I think about. His his other kids is, we had moments. Yeah, like we got to share those moments, and I don't want to, I don't want to mention any names on here. But when I read uh, his other kids' posts, sometimes like on Facebook or the internet, you can definitely tell that it's th- fucked him up. It's fucked him up. They didn't have those moments. Yeah, and a lot of times I wish they would have just to see how much of a prick. He could yeah. have fucking been. <laughs> I don't, and it's weird. I, I didn't ever talk to him until Facebook. Yeah, and I, you know, I'd seen pictures of him. I'd known him, you know, and I, I met my sister because uh, he had a sister with the same uh, mother, and uh, I met her. She stayed with us for a little while, and uh, <clears throat> but it's it's so weird. Facebook, you know, talking. To your brother that you've never talked to. To, yeah. And uh, he's actually about your age? Yeah, somewhere around there. You're older, yeah. you're younger, something, something like that. that. I'd have to look, but yeah. But uh, very strange, and it's, you know, I don't know how to talk to him. I imagine he's probably got a lot of issues with me, because, uh, you know, I feel I feel bad. Like, I feel guilt, well, because, we're, we're you know, I had... two different worlds. Yeah. So... <laughs> I feel real guilt. Because I had, even though I consider the guy was an asshole or whatever, but I had a father. <laughs> well, you had those those moments. His father. <laughs> you had the moments that he didn't have regardless of, you know, yeah. what type of guy he was or whatever. And if I want to call him a prick all I want, there were good moments. And, you know, we got to eat. We yeah. had a place to live. And, uh, you know, I had opportunities to do things with my life because of such things. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, I mean, I guess that, uh, basically what I, what I was getting to was a guy like Tony Scott, like I was saying, like, we, you know, assumably, uh, the assumption is that people like that have it all. And the misconception of show business, the, the older I get and the more I, I get into it and the more. It, it fascinates me. I've always been fascinated with it. I, I've always, that's the direction I've wanted my life to go. I, I don't think I've ever been extremely gifted in, in anything else other than the gift to gab or the gift to bullshit. 
So why not go that direction? But it it definitely saddens me to see a guy like Tony Scott end it like that when a complete jerk off like my father rides it till a heart attack or a yeah, stroke. Yeah, well, he had an aneurysm, I believe. An aneurysm. I don't know. Or, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't honestly talk to him for the last three, four years of his life. I'm not really sure. Let's just put it this way. My dad didn't direct Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> it, he didn't? Like, in he any didn't. capacity, like yeah. he was never going to direct, direct Top Gun. Like he never. He was so close to a platinum album, though. Album, yeah, know? he was right there. He had the spray paint ready to go. But I don't want to say that. That show business is the end all be all for everybody. But to me, in a lot of ways, it is. Like, where else? Like in my mind, like what direction am I going to go other than to try and entertain people? And I think in a lot of ways, I've been doing that my whole life. Not maybe entertain people, but to definitely shock, like shock value. Yeah. Like I'm going to purposely try and see how far I can push your buttons. And that's definitely the relationship I have with my father was like, let's see how far I can, you know, (laughs) let's see how far I can push this asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess that's what I've always been good at is... Unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, but that's that's what I've always been good at is to analyze somebody, kind of look at him and be like, this guy's full of shit or he isn't full of shit. And maybe that's because of my the way I grew up or experience. But, you know, I'm going to call it like it is. You know, I'm going to call you out. I'm not a big guy. If I've gotten my ass beat in the past for it, then, you know, I guess that's what happened, but well, at least you're not wearing Ralph Lauren glasses yeah, anymore. Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess what I'm getting at is I didn't have that figure to look up to, so it makes something like Tony Scott even more confusing for me. Yeah, where that's what I've like up until now, or I guess the rest of my life. That's what I'm going to try and obtain is. I guess what I'm saying is I like doing what we're doing right now, but my dream wasn't to do a podcast. It wasn't to, you know, like your life takes you in different directions. Yeah. Like right now, if I had to pick like the perfect thing that I want to do, it you know, it's to make like a production. It's to make a movie. It's for people to see that and to interpret it the way they want to interpret it. And probably for more than 10 years now, for more than 10 years of my life, that's pretty much been what I want to obtain is like, I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to make a film. People are going to watch it regardless if it's drama, horror, whatever genre you're going to put it in. Snuff, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) If somebody's going to pay me to make a snuff film, I guess I'm going to make a snuff film. Well, you do live uh, pretty close to uh, beautiful East St. Louis, Missouri. Illinois, actually. There might be a few, uh, what do we say, call girls that uh, (laughs) some people probably wouldn't miss. So a snuff film. It's obtainable. It's obtainable. Just saying. Not that, you know, we would do anything like like that. that. But, you know, that's been my dream, and and it's going to be my dream for a while now. And 
and uh, I guess seeing uh, Tony Scott and like I, you know, we said we're watching True Romance as as we do this podcast, and you know that's what I want to do. I I can't picture myself like right now. You know, I work a job. Yeah, I basically go into this job. It's a factory. I work in a mail room. I sort mail. You're saying you're not passionate about yeah, this exactly. this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like I'm not, you know, like like I don't want Monday to get here. <laughs> like Monday can I, wait. I can't believe this shit. <laughs> you're such a prick. Oh, tell me about it. The gross national product is so disappointed in me. But yeah, definitely not what I want to do. It's not I'm not passionate about it. I go in and I I do my job, but well, obviously, uh, your job and how much you enjoy it, I think, affects a lot of your life because, let's face it, most of us the work a lot more than we don't. Don't, yeah. <laughs> and we work jobs that we and can't if stand. Yeah, and if you're working a job, a lot of us do, you know, because not everybody can be Tony Scott. <laughs> not everybody has a career. Yeah. I guess that's what it you know comes down to. Not and if everybody so. did, you can't, there's, you know, in the perfect American dream, no. Nobody can, not everybody can achieve the American dream. It just wouldn't work. What you perceive to be the American dream. Yeah. But if I made, uh, you know, just a couple bucks doing this, to me, that is the American dream. That's just to be able to do something you enjoy, even if it's not for a million dollars or whatever. Wealth. I guess I'm realistic about it. I mean, wealth, I don't dream about wealth. I guess I dream more about. Uh, fame or power than I do like some unobtainable like billions of dollars and and everything else it's never been my goal my goal is just to kind of make enough to support myself and I, I don't know I've just never I know I don't dream in excess like I don't dream yeah. Ferraris I don't dream Lamborghinis like I just want a Jeep <laughs> I just like creating things <clears throat> yeah exactly like as far as like the monetary value on something, it's I've never really understood that. Like why someone would pay more for something than another person. Yeah. Just because of a label like this used to belong to JFK. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten that mentality that that thought process. It's never This is the shirt he wore when he yeah. got his head blown off. It's a fucking shirt. <laughs> You know, he got his head blown off on it. There's some chunks. <laughs> if you're paying thirty grand for that shirt, to me, you're the one. You know, with the problem, like, really, like, I mean, how many times? How many times brain. can you tell that story? You know, how many different people do you know? Well, in if your I've life? got thirty grand to buy that shirt, which I'm thinking would go for more, let's just say, let's just say, chunks. It does. Yeah, chunks. I imagine I'm having some pretty uh, nice dinner but, parties, like. Okay, I'll give you that, but I've got the shirt on. Like, display. are they your friends? Like, I mean, how many times can you tell the story before you're sick of it? Like, yeah, this is sure. For... Come on down here, Bob. Like, here's the shirt. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Uh, yeah, you've heard about it. Here's the shirt. But like, your close friends, your family. Like, how many times are you gonna tell that story? Twice. If I got that kind of money, they're probably not gonna be around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like if you buy, you know, somebody's golf club or, you know, a football from the Super Bowl, like how many times in your life 
are you going to honestly, you know, tell that story with that much excitement? Like you paid that much money for yeah, it. Yeah, you just have an item sitting there. Yeah, it's just on there. Display. Now, that's what I mean. Like it, the item is obtainable. Yeah. It's always obtainable, but what is it, you know, in the end what does it matter? Like Yeah. You paid 25 grand for even if it was this great event or anything, it's not like you can touch it and feel, I mean you can feel something that they felt, yeah, exactly. but you're not going to be in the moment. Exactly. Like, the moment's some, gone. If you have some ball that you know was somebody's 800th home run, whatever, you know it's it's still just a ball to you. Yeah. I mean you can they, say it's awesome and yet it does have value monetarily and everything, but you're never you going to feel that moment. I mean, if you were at the game, you caught it, you know, I was that say, would if be... If you caught the ball, that's your, you know, you caught the ball. Yeah. But outside of that, you know... Ultimately... But if you paid a hundred grand for it... <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a bidding war, I mean, you're in a bidding war for a baseball, like you said, or a football or a t-shirt. I, I've never understood it. So I just thought of Big Lebowski. You want to tell? I'll get you a tell. <laughs> But I've never got I've never gotten behind that. I don't get autographs either. Like, would you autograph this? Like, you were there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like when we went and saw Kevin Pollock. Like, I didn't get my picture taken with him, but I, I thought the coolest part was you know I got to shake his hand. Hand. Yeah. And yeah. I talked to him. I talked a little bit about his podcast and stuff, and he talked and he would talk to me. Just excited. You could tell he was he loved what he did, and he did, was excited yeah. after he got off the stage. Even though it wasn't a real big crowd, and then when I talked about the podcast, he would just lit up and just like, oh, so excited about the guests he was having on his show. But you know, to me, that's you know, I mean, that's what it's about. Is yeah, celebrity is like you can if you want to be a celebrity, then you can just be a celebrity. But I'm you know I'm not saying we're sitting here bending you know yeah. science or changing the world, but you know I mean. Think of something, you know, do something, you know, don't just show your tits or, you know, that's what, I mean, that's what it's all about now is like, who can shock you more? <laughs> there's no intelligence behind, you know, like there's no more stardom. Like there's no more fighting your way. Like, you know, I did this for years and came up through the clubs and like all that's gone. And in a lot of ways, to me, that's what makes, you know, a stand-up comedian great is if you're stand up and you're 20, you might be funny. Yeah. But, you know, there's no life, you know, experience there. You know, take that stay take that same stand up and they're 40, they're a lot funnier just because, you know, they've they've been through that. You know, they've gotten married yeah. or they've gotten divorced or they've gotten gonorrhea. And they put the and, hours in. Yeah. They've, you know, well, you know, hopefully they put the hours, the hours in. in. But to me it's the same in life. And it just gets so con, you know, just congested, in a lot of ways. So, and I hate when people think that celebrity is the cure. Like, if I could only be famous, you know, all this would just go away. And you know, Daniel Tosh has a joke, which I'm sure a lot of stand-ups have this joke where, you know, <clears throat> you know, money. And, you know, and the, the follow-up to that is the root of happiness, the root of all happiness. Is, yeah, it is. <laughs> 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 Which, you know, maybe if I had more money, 
I'd probably be a little bit more happy. But in the end, I'm still gonna, you know, I still got the same problems. Yeah, you know, those problems you still are, are gonna, probably yeah. gonna spend money like you do now. No. You're just gonna buy yeah. bigger shit. You're gonna buy bigger and stupid shit. <laughs> You'll still find a way to get in debt. <laughs> debt, yeah, it's all gonna be there. So influence to me is is much more appealing than than having a lot of money. Like Shia LaBeouf's well, got a lot of money. Being a celebrity like, to me, just I I don't really have any desire to be a celebrity. Celebrity, yeah. I just want to do something that I enjoy. Joy, yeah. That's and to me, like like the obtainable part is just is it is in is influence like not power like i'm not trying to change people's minds but you know instead of watching somebody at face value which i think in the past when people watch movies like in the in the silver screen era whatever you want to call it is they were like this isn't so much about being obtainable but they were just entertained you know they were like this movie entertained me now i'm gonna go home and go back to my life where now it seems like if the movie didn't inspire you to become like a different person, like it, like you're like it's not worth it. Don't watch that movie. It's a piece of it's a garbage. Like it's it's worthless. <laughs> Which art isn't supposed to do that. You know, you're supposed to just accept art, and if you liked it, you liked it. If you didn't, you didn't. You know. Yeah. Now it's just so overanalyzed. I don't really. I don't understand celebrity or fame anymore yeah you know if you didn't do anything then what the fuck are you famous for yeah and that and too i think for us like growing up you know growing up in middle of missouri that uh for us it was really a unobtainable and growing up everybody you know that's ridiculous to think of that you're gonna do that granted there was a couple of people that came out of like Washington, what like Jack Wagner? <laughs> but they they did the thing. You know what I mean? They celebrities don't. What I'm getting to watching these people's in, in movies and stuff. They weren't real people. People, to us. yeah, yeah. It was a dream. It was a fabrication. It was just what we saw on the TV. They weren't real people. It were you know whoever they were. Christian Slater's character, or Clarence Worley. Worley, yeah, <laughs> and uh, True Romance. <laughs> I don't know Christian Slater. I don't know jack shit about Christian Slater. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was more of a, an experience. Like we watched these movies and we were entertained at face value. Where now everybody's just like, it's just, it's insane. And the pressure behind that, you know, like I said, we've been talking about Tony Scott, but to me, more and more people feel that pressure. Like, oh my God, you know, like my 15 minutes isn't here. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, like I can't keep working at McDonald's, you know, you know, somebody's going to have to come along and, and make me famous. Like why? I don't understand why fame is like that trumps everything now. Yeah. Like got to be famous. Where if you look at guys like Tony Scott, they're not necessarily famous, but like you were saying, they did what they love, you know, to do. Yeah. He made movies. And you can argue with me all day that he made shitty movies or he made good movies or middle movies or that his brother Ridley Scott... Obviously, you know, he made a lot of money. Whether or not the, you know, greatest movies of all time, whatever, but he made a lot of money. He was very successful Successful, at what he did. 
and monetarily and you know he's got cult classic movies people movies, movies yeah. that, like true romance even though it didn't make its money back in the box office you know people that's on a lot of lists for the greatest movies but you of can't, all time you can't find me a person that doesn't like top gun <laughs> where are you if you're Oops. out there let me know you motherfucker if you hate Ice top man. gun then you're a faggot <laughs> and not like you like other men and, more like, like a, on the South Park, part, how yeah. the Harley Riders. You're a Harley Rider. That kind of... <laughs> oh. I feel almost like we've gone way too serious on this one, just got to say. Well, I, I, like I was saying before, I, I guess that we're, we're kind of, you know, we're showcasing like every aspect of, of what we're capable of. And... Like I said before, I I want to make movies, so this Tony Scott thing kind of hits me, and you know uh, where it hurts or whatever you want to call it. But I don't think he changed the way the film's made. I think yeah. I don't think a lot of people. I don't think anybody's really done that. You know, you make the movies that you want to make, and if they're critically yeah. acclaimed, then they're critically acclaimed. If not, then they're not. But I think that uh, if you really think about it. And if you're out there and if you look at Tony Scott's filmography, at least six of those movies have shaped the way that you live today or, you know, you reference those movies or yeah. or anything else. And to me, I think before I looked him up, I don't think he meant a lot to me. But now that I've looked him up and kind of researched him a little bit, he's just as relevant as his brother. He's just as relevant yeah. as Ridley Scott or Quentin Tarantino or anybody else. So, what I can say about him is he didn't make Batman 3. <laughs> Was that Batman and Robin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> George Clooney. He didn't make Batman and Robin. So, that was, was Joel, Joel Schumacher. Schumacher. <laughs> and what's crazy is he's made some really good films. Falling Down. Down? <laughs> That's a great fucking film. And then uh, I saw one, I don't know if you've seen this, I think I had mentioned to it before, I saw on Netflix, uh, Blood Creek, I think it's called. I it's haven't got, uh, seen it. Michael Fassbender, Bender, yeah. who's, been, who's fucking in everything now. He's in uh, Inglorious Bastards, he's the uh, British officer, and uh, he's in that X-Men First Class, Class, is it? yeah. He plays he's, Magneto. He's all over the goddamn place. Yeah, he's fucking all over the place, and this is a few years back, but it, it's... Some crazy movie where he's this Nazi before World War II happens. He comes to America to find these runes. <laughs> Apparently, it sounds crazy, but it's actually a pretty decent movie. Well, but he ends up becoming like this zombie, basically. Well, you, just, forever. you just brought up the key word right there, which we haven't brought up yet, is Nazis. <laughs> was that the magic word? Were we like right. Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse? It is, it's, no, it's, the magic word was the... the <laughs> Fucking, fucking shit that uh, would go what, off. What did yeah. they? I, I, you know, I can't yeah. remember what they called that, but there you go. Word the, mis- the, the mystery word mystery is word. fucking Nazi because we were actually earlier we were talking about Iron Sky. Oh yeah, <laughs> which we've got. I guess we're just gonna keep going on this, but uh, I was gonna mention Suspiria. Uh, oh yeah, well, yeah. I was gonna segue into it there. This we're is all over the place is, tonight. We don't, you know, we. We did research some stuff say, tonight, with, but we with, still don't really uh, have like a show sheet or like log. Well, I was like, without a guest, we're like, you know, we're fucking chomping at the uh, bit. Yeah, here. and it just seems like we're going really negative tonight. But <laughs> <laughs> Suspiria, uh, there is an actor in there, and maybe you don't know his name, but Udo, Udo Kier, I believe he's German. I'm not really sure, but uh, well, Suspiria is an Italian film, is it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure what nationality he is. 
But uh, he's been in a shit ton of movies. Well, fuck, he's in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I've got his IMDb up in here. 201 films. Fuck. Yeah, I knew he was in some shit, but holy hell. What's his name again? Udo Kier. Udo. That's uh, Kier is K-I-E-R. But uh, fuck me. 201. I knew he's in a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of it not big movies, but he was in Suspiria. Holy hell, it just his fucking IMDb page just keeps going yeah, I on. Just, I just pulled it up, too. Oh, I just realized who that was. Yeah, yeah. As, as soon, soon as you I, see his yeah, picture. As soon as I see like, his picture. Like, the name's not very uh, recognizable, but... I didn't even... Oh, yeah, that's right. He uh, is in that movie. He's in Holy fucking shit. everything, though. Shit. Here we are. We're going, like, a, <laughs> on another the tangent here. double fe- feature. But uh, what I was getting at, Udo Kier, he's in Suspiria. And uh, I recently saw Iron Sky, which, if you... Not like it's a big multi-teller movie or anything. A lot of people probably haven't heard of Iron Sky, but from seeing the trailer, I like I don't we know. saw the trailer. John showed us the trailer, and the whole plot of it. The plot of it sounds great because I grew up. <laughs> I loved Indiana Jones movies. <coughs> the reason why I loved them, well, not the reason why, but I loved everything about Indiana Jones. I was fucking, you know, we grew up in the fucking eighties. Eighties, yeah. Like Indiana Jones, I wanted to fucking be Indiana Jones. <laughs> this was before Indiana Jones and the. Temple of the Crystal Skulls, where the fuck that last yeah, one was. Fuck that shit, but yeah. But uh, in Indiana Jones, the enemy always in the early films, which is another big thing about the last Indiana Jones film, it just doesn't seem quite the same when the enemies aren't Nazis. It's like, you watch it, and it's it's the like World War II era, and like the the first three movies, like they all happen like right before World War II happens, you know, and it's the Nazis are in control of Germany. And it's the whole thing with, like, uh, Himmler is all into finding all these artifacts, like the uh, Ark of the Covenant, all that stuff. But that, growing up with that, made me, like, really into, like, movies where Nazis were the enemies, I think. <laughs> and I, I love that, you know, and that was one of the great things about uh, Indiana Jones. He's always fighting the Nazis, which were are just the ultimate, like, bad guy. And, you know, you look at Star Wars, they, all the uh, Empire, they're their uniforms, everything's based on the Nazis. But, you know, so we grew up with that. The Nazis are the enemy. Mm-hmm. And then when you you hear, you watch this trailer for Iron Sky, and they show, like, all the best parts of the fucking movie. I just lost it. Oh, there it is. But anyway. it seems like they had a good budget because they had some good effects in it. Some, let's, well, they I'm definitely... not going to say that all, there's some really shitty shit as far as uh, effects go and all that, in I, the movie. i just seen it on his IMDb, and I'm trying to pull it up at my computer. But the plot, the plot is basically this. 1945, as World War II is ending, I, get, I don't know how many Nazis escape, but they all, I guess, hop on V-2 rockets and fly to the moon. They don't really specify if it was V-2 rockets, but at that time, that's you know what they had. So I'm assuming... <laughs> well, here you go, here you go. They, uh, they, they set up a secret base on the moon in 1945 where they hide out and plan a return to power in 2018. But, uh, and the relation to Udo Kier is he's actually in the, I believe I'm saying his name right, I don't know. You are actually, I, yeah. I looked, you are saying it correctly. But, uh, he's the leader of the Nazis in Iron Sky, and, uh. The the plot sounds awesome, you know. If you love movies where Nazis <laughs> are the enemies, you know, I, it, I, I mean, it's campy and all of that. I'm <laughs> I'm uh, looking at the movie poster, not to cut you off here, but real funny here. I'm looking at the movie poster, and the title on it is Iron Sky: The Reich Strikes Back. 
<laughs> That's not ripping off Star Wars in any way. Oh, that's beautiful. But getting back to Iron Sky, I mean, the plot sounds like crazy enough, and they it seems like they had a, a decent-sized budget for what the movie really is. That's what I was, I was looking for. I mean, there's some, some decent CG and stuff in there. They obviously put effort into it. But the movie is quite possibly the worst movie ever fucking made, next to Coyote Ugly. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I'm looking at the cast of the movie here, and the Northern Korean representative was played by a guy named Nick Dong Sik. <laughs> is he related to uh, Kim Jong Il? Uh, his Oom? dong, his dong is sick. His dong is sick, but uh, um, it's actually they don't have the uh, U.S. dollar amount listed, but production. It made, it actually pulled in a staggering 7 million pounds worldwide. Hmm. And it doesn't, it says. I don't know what the conversion rate yeah, is. Yeah, I'm not sure what the I'm conversion sure rate is. Dollars. Dollar, I'm pretty sure it's more than dollars. Oh my god, it came out on 420 of 2012. <laughs> 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 a runtime of 93 minutes. Um, I can't believe I sat through the whole movie. It I'm was that fucking the... bad. I was hoping for like redeeming qualities, but the acting, everything is just so awful. But the, it was like they it seems like they actually had a budget and like it seems like they wasted it on the trailer. Like oh, oh oh here it is you're gonna shit yourself it's twenty million dollar budget to make wow, the movie wow and it is fucking bad <laughs> it did uh, it did the best in Australia it made the most money in Australia on its opening weekend mm. it was only open on twenty screens and then pulled from theaters after that because it's fucking bad. <laughs> Its release date is actually... Great fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) Its release date was actually April 4th, 2012. Just disgusting. (laughs) But, yeah, I still can't believe I fucking watched that movie. (laughs) The synopsis is actually kind of funny. The storyline is, in the last moments of World War II, a secret Nazi space program evaded destruction by fleeing to the dark side of the moon. During a 70-year hiatus, the Nazis construct a gigantic space fortress of mass, a massive armada of flying saucers. And how they power it to come back to Earth is fucking stealing an iPad. <laughs> First, they powered it with a cell phone. Yeah, that's what it says machine. here. They power their machine with a cell no, phone. Cell phone, but it, it ran out of ba- battery life real quick, but it, somehow like an iPad... Which I'm pretty sure that it wasn't an actual iPad. It was probably more of a Kindle <laughs> or something even more cheaper. <laughs> and uh, that somehow powered it enough to be able to take flight into space and uh, <laughs> rain havoc. The wow. movie just. Uh, looking at some of the directors that passed on the movie, the most famous is Steven Spielberg. This was actually opted to Steven Spielberg. Wow. And he well, he's done a lot it, of so. movies involving the Nazis as enemies. 
I mean, it's a little bit of a departure from, uh, say, Schindler's List, but uh, <laughs> right up the same alley, you know. And by the way, if you were wondering, the Kindle Fire is on sale for $200 right now, one ninety nine. Oh, that's, that's good to know because I'm going to hopefully power my big Nazi spaceship with it. There you go. If you have a Nazi spaceship and you need to power it, the new iPad, $300. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Well, there's rumors that they're... Uh, I think around the same time as the iPhone five's coming out, that there might be like a, a mini iPod or not iPod, a uh, iPad coming out. Well, if you there you go, if you wanted to blow five hundred dollars on yeah something, I prefer to get a blow if I'm spending five hundred dollars. Where did my lighter go? Oh, you're losing shit. You're that old already, senile. I think somebody stole it. And now I can't find it. It's probably a Nazi. Went back to the moon. <laughs> he went back in time and took my lighter. Uh, um, on IMDb, and I just noticed the uh, poster for Tank Girl, which is coincidentally right next to the poster for Short Circuit 2. <laughs> Classic movie. <laughs> Greatest part about Short Circuit 2 is right at the end. When he fixes himself up at the Radio Shack, he's got the spikes. It's very 80s. Then you hear, as he's on the dock, chasing the guy at the end, the enemy. And uh, on the dock, he's you know just speeding on along with his little, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> his tank treads, whatever. And uh, <clears throat> the music that's playing, just, which I believe this song was actually in many movies for like uh, montages, but it was Bonnie Tyler's. What, holding out for a hero? I believe oh, is the actual yeah, name of it. Yeah. Uh, I need a hero. Good shit, though. It's quite the tune. And I just noticed we were talking about Iron Sky. It has a 6.3 out of 10 rating on IMTV. <laughs> it's well. It one star. It's well above average, according to uh, IMDb. 6.3 wow. stars. And that's out of 40,000 votes. How many of that is the crew that worked on it? Well, apparently, according to IMDb here, let's look at cast and crew. Well, I'm saying, did they go on and vote? Well, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering the... You can actually look that up to see yeah. who voted? Well, not who voted, but I can see how big the actual crew was. To see if it's 40,000. <laughs> see, here we go. One, two, three, four, five. You gotta count each individual one. Twelve members on the crew. <laughs> there was a lot of extras. I'm thinking. Well, that's just the uh, the production crew. I'm not yeah. counting actors, actors, director. That's the production crew that includes the director. So twelve people on the production crew. They could have used different computers. They could have different IP addresses. <laughs> I guess they could have. Sign up for 10,000 accounts on IMDb. Jesus Christ. There's 11 people in the makeup department alone on this fucking... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, they had the one character that was black that they turned white because the Nazis, you know, are against the blackness. And uh, they did it in a white. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we love to show how racist we are on this podcast. I forgot. I'm blinded. (laughs) Director? No, the 
the actor in the movie. Udo. Uh, Udo Kier. Kier, yeah. Well, I had it pulled up. I mean, there's he was in a lot of stuff, like the bigger stuff. I believe he's usually like some kind of bit part. Like he was in uh, Halloween, the uh, 2007 one that uh, Rob Zombie made. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. there's a picture of it right here. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it in a while, but I don't think his part's real big in that. But in a lot of this shit's just like little, little bit parts, or it's just a really low budget movie. What have do you. you have IMDb pulled up? Yes, I do. Are you reading the very first thing about him? Well, I got just his filmography. Read the very first thing about him there. Was born October 14, 1944. Now keep going. Cologne, actually, Germany during World War II. Pretty interesting. His entrance was just as dramatic as some of his roles. Hold on, let me pull this up. On the, on the evening of his birth, Udo's mother requested extra time with her new baby. The nurses had gathered all of the other babies and returned them to the nursery when the hospital was bombed. Bombed. It's, uh... He and his mother were rescued from underneath the rubble. Udo didn't know much about his father. When Udo was 18, he moved to Britain in order to learn the English language. While there, he took a few acting courses. He was eventually offered a role by director Michael Sarney as a gigolo in the film Road to St. Tropez. While the role was small, it was the beginning of his career in films. His first hit film was Mark of the Devil. film was rated V. I've heard Mark talk about this movie, actually. Yeah, for yeah. violence. And ticket buyers were off, yeah, offered vomit bags the before the film started. Oh, that's, that's nice. It was banned in 31 countries. countries. But spawned two sequels, both without cure. The film is notorious for its exploitation of sex and violence. I'm interested there. I know. I really want to see it now. Kier met director Paul Morrissey on an airplane trip. Morrissey offered him the lead role in the 3D Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. It was this film, along with its sister film, Andy Warhol's Dracula, that made Udo a cult figure. Both Morrissey films are also known as... Holy shit, this is long. I don't think I really need to read this whole... whole wow, thing, I'm not going to yeah. do that. <laughs> But He's basically, basically saying he went on to be in uh, many cult classic movies. Is it Blade? Yeah, I mean, Shadow of the Vampire. He eventually becomes more mainstream. Uh, he's worked with Keanu Reeves. Basically, he's worked with a lot of different people. Worked with Gus Van Zant. Uh, Dario uh, brings up Dario. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name. The guy that directed Suspiria. Oh, no. Hold Argento, on. I guess. Argento, be? I think yeah. that was it. Like I had to... Dario Argento. Yes, I believe that's how you pronounce that. That's what we're going with. But uh, yeah, he's basically worked with a bunch of different people here. And how long is True Romance? It's still going on. We're already over an hour and a half. <laughs> Although it is near the end. It is the... Uh, Scene. What well, is the gun scene? You put your fucking guns down. You drop your fucking gun. Maybe I should have cut that. <laughs> Instead, I got stuff like this. Oh, who the fuck is Dick? <laughs> <laughs> or, or Brad Pitt. Well, yeah, we never did mention like everybody that's in there. You know, Gandolfini. Jane yeah, James Gandolfini. Gandolfini Tony Soprano. Pre Tony fucking Soprano movie. days. Before that, you know, at that point in time, like nobody, as far as film goes, I don't know if much about James Gandolfini. I don't know if he. Did much theater or what? 
but actually we're you know like we're watching this right now and i'm noticing a couple people in here that i was like really this guy's in this movie <laughs> like that guy right there what the hell he's uh what the hell is his name i can't see yeah like that guy's in this movie yeah, fucking uh, Samuel Jackson. Like, uh, maybe you remember this line. Motherfucker, I eat everything. I eat the pussy, I eat the butt, I eat every motherfucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. <clears throat> that was back when he was still a crackhead. Yeah, yeah. That was back when I was still a crackhead. <laughs> you, you, you want me to suck his dick? <laughs> That's, uh, oh, what's his name? I... He played Balky on Perfect Strange. Bronson Pinchot. Pinchot, yeah. Yeah. What was that movie he was in? Uh, uh, Second Sight? Was it? What the Oh, hell? yeah. That was around the time of Perfect Strangers. Strangers, wasn't it? yeah. It yeah. had. Uh, was uh, he some kind of angel or some shit? Had, uh, he was like a psychic or had like some type of. Uh, some type of power. Br- or, uh, uh, yeah, he's Bronson Pinchot, but uh, uh, John LaRoquette. John LaRoquette was the, uh, the other guy in the movie. The other big star. God damn it. What was the name of that movie? Sons yeah. Just look up. If you already got True Romance pulled up, just, you know. Yeah. Bronson a, Pinchot. Just and, looking at. I don't think he's been in uh, at least a lot of big movies. But uh, Brad Pitt's part, of course, is huge. And, man, your dog is kicking my chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like twitching out over here. Kicking my chair. But, uh. Brad Pitt, he's a stoner that has like I don't know what three lines in the movie and uh, the, the uh... condescend me, man. I'll fucking kill you, man. I think that's what launched his career right there. That line. Well, I cannot <laughs> find Bronson Pitchell on IMDb. Well, you fucking suck. You're gonna need me to pull it up on my magic iPhone. Uh... It keeps pulling up. Uh, it keeps pulling up Brian Cranston. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, well, he is a lot more relevant these days than Bronson Pinchot. Or pretty much ever. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I got yeah, I got him right here. Oh, uh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Yep, there he is. I misspelled Pinchot. He's been, well, fuck, he's starred in 78 films. Or at least that includes TV shows. But he's been an actor in uh, 78 things. Most notorious for Perfect Strangers. <laughs> Well, that's how I remember him, fucking Balky. That right, well, here's uh, here's his his uh, the list when I pulled it up here. His four most common <laughs> movies, or his four most common things: Perfect Strangers being number one, True Romance number two, followed by Risky Business, and then Courage Under Fire. <laughs> well, uh, I think of him like when I think of True Romance, Bronson Pinchot is not really what jumps out at me, but I think I think Bronson Pinchot. I think Perfect Strangers and The Surreal Life. <laughs> Actually, have you seen, uh, and it's listed here, I forgot all about it, but this movie called Hooking Up? No, I don't think so. You got to check that out. It's uh, it's quite the movie. What's Hooking Up? How old is that one? It's uh, Second Sight. Yeah, that was, that was the, yeah. the name of that one. Let's see. Hooking Up is 2009. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. You just got to watch it. It's a comedy, I guess. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to load up. Yeah, it's a comedy. Here you go. This is how good it is. It gets a 2.9. Wow. And I got to see this. (laughs) 
but who's the oh Corey Feldman? Yeah, I was like, I know Corey is like somebody's in it. Other than yeah, Corey Feldman, uh, Brian O'Halloran. I thought there was. Um, there was somebody else and i guess not but basically yeah i mean it's a cheesy comedy that everybody has to watch once yeah but apparently it's only rated two and a half stars yeah and this over-the-top comedy the relationships of three girls and four guys <laughs> adolescent suburb reality basically intersects topsy-turvy uh, I mean, it just kind of goes on and gives you a synopsis of a cheesy 80s type uh, comedy. And that's basically what if we're like, looking at the synopsis here, but that's basically what it is. It's kind of a reminiscence of an 80s type comedy. Uh, it says here it's comparison to like ski school. <laughs> You're really selling this, by the way. 2.9. But that was his latest thing. And. Actually, I saw a lot of stuff after that, but... I'm seeing stuff after it, but... I'm seeing Young and the Restless. That was before. I'm not seeing a production afterwards, yeah, though. Yeah, we're, we're really TV. getting excited. I feel like we might as well just be reading the TV guide at this I know. point. I, I think we, we're just about done on done, this one. Yeah. We've gone an uh, hour and 39 minutes. minutes. I don't know how many people are going <laughs> to... Hold out to hear about Bronson Pinchot, Pinchot. and all of his, his acting credits. Well, after it said 78 titles, I was like, really? I mean, but most of them are like really bad TV. Oh, who the fuck is Dick? <laughs> but, I, you know, if you want to get out of here, let's wrap this thing up. You, you, you want me to suck his dick? But, uh, yeah, I guess we brought you down with this one a little bit, but... yeah. I guess I was a little down after hearing about Tony Scott. Uh, I think making movies, like I said before, making movies is pretty much a dream of mine. And I don't think Tony Scott was an idol, but I, yeah. I guess we definitely lost a good filmmaker. I think we lost a great filmmaker now that I look at it and research it a little bit more. And and I guess I'm, I'm more saddened than I, I thought I was uh, just a couple days ago. Yeah, I, it uh, brought me down a little bit. But uh, back to, uh, I guess, the podcast, uh, should I guess mention maybe the Facebook page? Yeah. It, uh, the Slapbox, it, uh, what is it actually called, the Facebook page? Is it just Slapbox? Yeah, it's uh, Slapbox. It's uh, two words, Slapbox. I and know, it was very specific how you had to put it on there. Yeah, they're fucking assholes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I, I I guess I've been getting more feedback. Uh, we haven't gotten any emails per se. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, drop us a line. Uh, let us know uh, uh, the Twitter or the Twitter. Yeah, we're Which we're on is, there too. Uh, is uh, once again same thing. Slapbox. Just slapbox, uh, not slapbox podcast. No, no, uh, just, just slapbox. Box. Two separate words. There's a space in between there because once again they're assholes. <laughs> Somebody else had slapbox. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody had it without uh, a space. Uh, drop us a line. Let you let us know if you uh, like Tony Scott, or let us know who your favorite director was, or or we or, really bored you to death today. Today, or, or uh, just let us know anything. Let us know if you like show two better than five, or or whatever. And 
and uh, slowly but steadily, we're actually kind of building a fan base, and and it's kind of uh, it's kind of actually starting to take off. I'm getting more positive feedback than negative, and I did finally make a logo. <laughs> um, I don't. I'm. I think I'll at least post just the picture of the logo on the website when I post this podcast. But I, I'm all fucking. The reason why. Well, I have a full full time job and everything. We just yeah, do this in what little free time I have, jobs. which is a lot of the reasons why. And we live a good distance apart, so that's why we uh, don't put a lot of these out. But uh, with making the logo and stuff, it's just stuff i've never really done so it takes a while for me to figure this it's shit all, out it's all new and it, but, uh, experimental i, I want to you know obviously i want to i'm the one messing with the website and i've never done web design before before now <laughs> so so i just spend <laughs> well, uh, like hours say, uh, looking at Google, uh, youtube <coughs> videos i'm to, uh, to create it but i'm trying I'm to constantly trying to to bring content and and guests on the show and in the next couple we're actually going to bring in a, another new band uh, we're going to listen to their music. I don't really want to get into them too much. Uh, I'm waiting on a promo package before I, I want to announce any type of name of the band or anything. But uh, they're really good. They're a Southern rock. I also oh, have... Uh, I was for uh, The New Menudo. The New stuff. Menudo. Well, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. Working on that. But I've also, got, uh, I've also got some different artists that are going to be on the show uh, shortly. And uh, hopefully, I was hoping to do it by this podcast... But definitely by the next one, we're going to take our, our first phone call. Um, I'm, I've almost got it set up. I just got a couple more things I got to do, and we're going to go out of state. We're going to hit California. We're going to hit uh, Wyoming, I know, is another state that we got some people that uh, want to be on the show. And we're going to bring in some more chicks. We're going to try and bring some chicks on the show. A lot of sausage has been on the show, and even though one of them was gay. Uh, we're going to bring more, we, you know, let's bring some chicks on the show. Let's bring some tits, you know, let's bring some action. <laughs> let's get some guys to listen to some. Let's some... not talk about suicide for, t- <laughs> for an hour and 45 Five minutes. minutes. That's really a but, downer. Uh, so please, if you if you manage to make it this I, long, I, please don't kill yourself. So, I might feel guilty I, I, I if promise you did right afterwards. In the, uh, in the next three podcasts, I'll say I've got some big stuff lined up, some pretty, uh, some pretty off-the-wall guests, and like I said, we got a... Uh, uh, a a major kind of a in the middle major type of uh, local band that's going to come on and they're wanting to perform for us or at least post uh, some of their stuff on the website and well I'm thinking I I know I don't have the stuff to where we can set up you know a bunch of electric guitars oh yeah well no, that, no nothing well, like well, that but well, I was going to say though I, I think we can at least have something with an acoustic guitar yeah, or do yeah. something We're like gonna, that and have it sound somewhat decent decent but uh, yeah, this guy's definitely gonna uh, come on and scheduling's been a real big issue. Issue, too, you yeah. Know? Well, you know, everybody's got jobs. You know, everybody's yeah. paycheck to paycheck, and and trying to get people on's been kind of a pain in the ass. And but uh, like I said, no, I've got some stuff lined up, and probably the next three or four podcasts, we're uh, we're gonna hit. I think we're gonna get put our feet more f- uh, firmly on the ground. We're actually gonna get this thing kind of going and and form a better identity, which is uh, something that I think that, like, the feedback that I've gotten from a few of the different shows is just that, is kind of hitting a mark and and forming an identity. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on the people that we've had on the show. Yeah, uh, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on uh, Mark Ping, and 
I've actually, you know, he's got some stuff that uh, he wants to bring to the podcast, and we're going to try and get that on here. Uh, we're trying to talk uh, Danny Burris, who was on the show. Uh, we're going to try and talk him to going to the uh, Justin Bieber concert mm. and getting us some some fan feedback from the Justin Bieber show. Do you think it can work his way backstage? I'm, Danny always works his way backstage. That's what I would like to hear. <laughs> for that, well, hold on, i got to hear it one more time. Of course, you only want to fuck her in the ass because that pussy just won't be tight enough for you anymore. Good point, detective. Right? <laughs> Fucking faggot. But, uh... We love Danny, by the way. We love Danny. <laughs> I love Danny. If, but, uh... uh if I was more gay, I'd fuck Danny. <laughs> but just to let you know, like I said, uh, in the next month that we do this, or let's say the next four shows or whatever, uh, the next show that we're going to do, we're going to revisit the Grindhouse scene again, like we've been talking about Suspiria. We're going to visit Vice Squad. Over at the High Point. Over at the High Point. That's, uh, September 7th and 8th. The movie starts, pre-show just starts. $6 to get in on that one. $6 admission. They serve uh, alcohol. It's the original 35-millimeter print, and the pre-show starts at 11.30, which I, I you know, you can't miss the pre-show. There's yeah, those some, commercials those commercials are great. Oh, Film starts at midnight. Uh, beer and wine, like I said, midnight show. So that's the Grindhouse at the High Point. It's in St. Louis, Missouri. It's right there in Forest Park. Everybody knows where it's at. But, yeah, everybody. Uh, yeah, everybody. If you, if, <laughs> if you live around it, you know where it's at. You'll find it. Google that shit. But uh, like I said, next podcast, uh, I'm hoping to have uh, a new band on. We're going to listen to their music. Uh, in the next couple of days, I'm going to put up their name on Facebook and put up a, a production package so you can kind of get to know them before they come on the show. But if you got, I'm out. As far as that goes, uh, I'm, I'm out. If you got anything else. <laughs> <laughs> At this rate, I'm getting kind of tired. <laughs> I have been. Up for almost 24 hours again. I'm, and, I'm uh, almost in the same boat. So, you know, droning on is just seems what I'm doing at this yeah. point. But uh, I think that uh, whole, uh, what, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Meant to play that actually quite but, a bit. But uh, once again, earlier. not to bring it down here on Slapbox, but uh, I'm Ben Chamness. I'm Josh Albrecht. Peace out.